0: Pine needles, railroad ties, and weeds. Pine needles, railroad ties, and weeds. What was your childhood like, Ben? Pine needles, railroad ties, and weeds. Because, you see, The house that we were going into when I was just a a kid, a student was burned down to the ground, lost all the trees, bushes, everything. So it was a big field basically. And my parents had the brilliant idea back in the day to use some railroad ties and take some pine needles and spread them out everywhere. Not near a flower grew, but daily, weekly, there was a massive amount of weeds, weeds. And so my brother Ed and I were commissioned for free on the only day off we had Saturday to pull all the weeds. Yes, how many of you by way of hands, if you still have any left, have pulled weeds in your life. Most of us here, yes, peer pressure got us. Most of us here know the joy of pulling weeds. Weeds are pesky little plants, aren't they? If I could grow flowers and bushes and grass like I grow weeds, I would have my own TV show. Weeds are resilient. Weeds grow in any climate. Weeds, even when you pull them, keep coming back again and again and again. And weeds, here's one of the things too, have this interesting ability to release chemicals in the soil that prevent other plants from growing. Weeds... Our pesky little devils and weeds can choke the life out of your yard, out of your garden, whatever you're trying to go, you've got to always worry and deal with the weeds. Now, the same's true in life, right? The, the analogy is simple. We all have weeds in our life that we have to deal with. We're just going along our merry way and our company at work, and we look around and what do we see? Weeds. We look in our school, we look as a student, and what do we see that we're dealing with? Weeds. We look into our marriages, our family, we look in the backyard of that situation, our relational life, and what do we see but more? Weeds. Weeds are dangerous. Weeds many times prevent us from flourishing and growing and producing at work, at home, and if you're a student at school as well. And weeds, once they work work their way into relational world, if they go unattended, can choke the life out of us. Now, here's what's interesting about the Bible. The Bible is a book obviously was written during agrarian times. So the Bible talks a lot about weeds. So today we're gonna look at a passage in the book of Proverbs. So if you have a Bible, open the Bible to the very middle and then turn right and you will find Proverbs. If you're a guy here and you're saying, you know what? I don't understand the Bible. The Bible's too complex. The Bible is too big a book. I don't really know if the Bible relates to my life here in 2023. Listen, read the book of Proverbs. If you need wisdom and guidance in your life, read Proverbs. If you're wondering what to do next and you want God's will for your life, read Proverbs. If you want some practical guidelines on how to move forward, read Proverbs. If you want to de-weed your life and pull the weeds, like we're going to do, read Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, verse 30 through 34. Let's check it out. The writer says, I went past the field of a sluggard. A sluggard. Not a slugger. That's what a Houston Astros do. We slug the ball out of the park. 1-0, one yes. Okay. A sluggard, a lazy person. I went past a vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with, say it with me, weeds. And the stone wall was in ruins. And look at verse 32. I love that. I applied my heart to what I observed. I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. What is this passage saying? It's saying you can't ignore your life. In this case, you can't ignore your garden, your vineyard, because thorns will come in, weeds will come in. They'll begin to grow they'll tear down the wall, the protection, and all of a sudden, if you're not attentive, if you're not purpose-driven, to use the 90s phrase, then these weeds will choke out your life. You have to deal with the weeds. Now, here's what I thought about, because I haven't pulled weeds in a long time. It's been a while, okay? I paid my dues time after time, okay? So I looked up, hey, how do we deal with weeds today? Maybe there's some app or something today that we can just deal with weeds quickly. So I did what any modern person would do and I YouTube searched how to deal with weeds. Here's here's what popped up. Here's the videos and the headlines. The first one said, make your garden weed free forever in two easy steps. That's too many. So the next headline, next video. Never pull a garden weed again. One thing that makes it possible. This wise person has gotten it down to one thing, guaranteed. But you know, that's, that's, that's not possible, right? Finally, as I scroll down my search, it said this. The headline was, The Honest Truth About How to Have a Weed-Free Garden. I like that, the honest truth. So what I wanna to try to give to you today, and today is a two, starts a two-part message It's just a two part message. I want to give you the honest truth about how to deal with the weeds in your life. Because the fact of the matter is until you are pushing daisies, you will be pulling weeds, okay? What do we do? How do we deal with the weeds in our life, in our world. First of all, is this. We have to admit you've got a weed problem. I realize there's a double entendre there. That's a whole nother message. But if the shoe fits, put it on. Admit you have a weed problem. Because like the guy in this passage, he just, he went by it every day. He was just lazy. He was not intentional. He was doing his thing. I guess he was caught up in the busyness of life. And all of a sudden, the thorns and weeds, they start taking over. He wasn't willing to walk around outside and admit to himself and admit to God, I've got to deal with a problem in my life. In this case, in my vineyard. Admit you've got a weed problem. Everybody has to deal with weeds. No one's perfect. Everyone is a sinner. To sin means to miss the mark. Sinning produces weeds in our life. Um, A few hours from now, I'm going to be a part of a wedding ceremony. Over the years, I've married over 300 couples. It's a lot of weddings. And the couple that's going to get married today is an amazing couple. Godly woman who came from a godly household, godly guy who came from a godly household. I mean, it's this near perfect scenario as you can get, okay? But you know what? After today and even next week, weeds are gonna pop up in their life. Weeds are gonna pop up in their marriage. They are gonna to have to deal with weeds. Why? Because they are a sinner. And when you sin, you produce Weeds. That's just what, what happens. And when you have one sinner who married another sinner, you have more sin. And then you have kids, but more sin, another kid, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. More sin, more weeds. I know that's a negative way to look at it. Just bear with me. Okay? But it's true. It's facts. Okay? So you have to admit, wow. I've got a weed problem. I've got weeds in my life. I've got weeds in my family life. My marriage perhaps has some weeds. My my work situation. And maybe in my own heart and my own life, there are some weeds, some issues that I need to deal with that, that could be choking out the growth and the life that God has for me. One of the problems that we have in life, and this specifically applies to those who are married, is that in marriage you tend to maximize the faults of others and minimize your own faults. And that's why there's no growth there in that circumstance, in that relationship, is because we, you know, maximize, man, look at your weeds, they're massive, they're huge, and mine, well, kind of little, but, you know, I've I've got a weed here I can take, you know, we, we minimize But you have to admit, that's the first step, is to admit that you have a problem. And the second step is this, is you have to identify those weeds. Not everybody's team won yesterday, did they, in football? No. And so these college coaches, again, as I said many times, are gathering right now in rooms, those who aren't at church repenting, okay. And what are they doing? Oh, we got beat yesterday by Three points. Oh, we got beat by two touchdowns. That's too bad. We'll get them next week. It's not what they're doing. They're pointing out specific plays. They're pointing out specific problems. They're naming the issues of why they believe they lost the game. And they're going to deal with it. Let's say say we have some some golfers here. You'd like to play golf. Let's say you shot a 99 or a 98 on Friday. When you're driving home, you're probably not like, well... (laughs) I hope i do better next Friday. Hope things get better. I know I had a 99. I usually shoot an 89. Now you're going to think, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with my game? Is it my swing? Is it my putting? Is it my short game? I probably need some new clubs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Guys always need new gear. It's a gear problem, right? It's the gears. You know? No, you, you name what the problem is. You name it. The same way with weeds in our life. You have to name specifically what is that weed. Now, when I was getting ready for this message, I came up with, I think, around 18, at least 18 different weeds. Guys, don't panic. I'm only gonna deal with five, okay? 18, yeah, they're they're probably 1,800, right? But I'm gonna deal with five, I think, weeds that, most all of us deal with in our life or if you're married and you're married, they're, they're just they're ubiquitous, okay? Here's the first weed that we have to deal with. And that's a weed called lying. Lying. Not telling the truth is a weed that will grow in your life and it will come up to bite you. That weed will turn into a poisonous weed. A few weeks ago we talked about truth and how you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you, shall set you free. It will set you free. So, I was, uh, you know, thinking about that. and Thought, well, maybe the opposite's probably true, right? If a truth sets you free, then a lie will put you in bondage. We think a lie is going to really help us advance our cause, and you know, kind of prevent us from the consequences. No, no, a lie is not going to do that. A lie is going to put you in bondage. A lie is going to have consequences. So if you're looking at your life and you're figuring out, is that something that I'm dealing with? Am I, am I lying? Am I telling a lie? Am I living a lie? It's a weed that you need to, to deal with, to pull. The second area, the second weed is, is spending, overspending, spending more money than you take in. That leads to debt. We have I saw this week an $800 billion credit card debt in our country. Most households have around $15,000 worth of debt to deal with. So if you have debt, if you are spending and the spending's out of control and you're not dealing with it, that is a weed that can choke the life out of you. That is a weed that grows in if it's not dealt with, it makes people really angry, upset, and frustrated, and filled with worry and anxiety. Spending money, financial issues, is a weed you have to deal with. What's another weed? Another weed is comparison. Comparing. Comparing. Comparing your life to someone else's life. Comparing your life to your sibling's life. Comparing your life to some Instagram TikTok influencer's life. Boy, my life would sure be great if I had their life, if I had their money, if I lived in their neighborhood, if I had their body, their looks, their entertainment, their options. Man, that would. That would really, and and you start comparing and comparing and comparing. Comparison is a weed that can choke the life out of you. It's brutal. You know, for many years, a decade, I was the singles, director of our singles, singles pastor, young professionals in our church. And I would see thousands of singles over the years who were just dying to be married. They're comparing their life to their married friends. They're thinking, if I could just be married, I would be happy. You know, and they weren't content with their own grass, their own pasture, where they were living, what God was doing in their life right now. If I could just be married, I'd be happy. And then I would see over here, thousands of married couples. If I could just be single again, I would be happy. And whether they were married or whether they were single, no one loved their own grass. They thought the grass is always greener over there in their pasture, in their life. But you realize if you're in this pasture or that pasture, that pasture, everybody has their messes to deal with and everyone has weeds. But comparison can, can kill you. It's a weed that can grow into something that's incredibly destructive if you don't deal with comparing your life and your situation to others. What God has going on in your life may not relate to the person who you're with today. God has a different plan. He has a different schedule for your life. Comparison will choke the life out of you. It is a deadly, debilitating weed. Another weed quickly is problematizing. Problematizing. And problematizing is you're always looking for the negative. You're always critical. You're always looking for a problem. You're always making something dramatic, building it up, blowing it up. Problematizing is a weed. Another weed, another deadly weed. Last one is resentment, resenting. And resentment is when you hold on to something, you hold on to a grudge. You hold maybe something. Somebody treated you wrong, or something happened to you and it was unfair, and you hold on to that. And you think if I hold on to that resentment, if I hold on to that bitterness, that will give me strength, and that will punish the other person. No, it won't. Resentment will choke the life out of you. Resentment will be a weed that wraps around you and your life and every aspect of your life and prevent you from growing to the person that God has designed you to be. So those are just five weeds, right? There are many more. Those are common ones I think that most of us deal with and really need to deal with in our life. And if you're wondering, listen, I don't know what the weed is that that I'm dealing with. Well, whoever's giving you that elbow and those ribs right now, ask them they'll tell you what the weed is. So, good news, bad news, right? Bad news is they're weeds. As we look out in the garden of our life, they're they're weeds we have to deal with. The good news is God is for us in our life. God wants us and will help us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of us going out and dealing with these weeds and trying to pull up these weeds. God will give us wisdom and patience and power to deal with the weeds in our life. That's a fact. God's not leaving us alone to go out there and sweat it out by ourselves. No, God is with us. He's with us as we try to deal with the weeds at work. He's with us as we try to deal with the weeds in our marriage and family. God is with us and will give us wisdom and guidance on how to do that. I love verse 32 in our passage today. He said, I applied these things to my heart. I applied them to my heart. So perhaps a prayer for you and a prayer for maybe y'all collectively would be, God, help us to apply these things with our mind and our heart. God, give us the humility to deal with these weeds because we don't want to choke out the life that you have for us. So this week, part one, if I can kind of divide it, You ever see those videos where they have a red X, don't do this, a green, do this? So if I could do that today, I would put in case we're missing it, okay? Lying, spending, comparing, problematizing, pull those out, deal with those weeds. And then green stands for do something about it. Do something. As you're pulling weeds, we have to do something that's positive, that's proactive. What is that? We'll talk about that next week. Next week. But for now, let's ask. Let's ask God for conviction. and power and patience to deal with those pesky, debilitating and sometimes dangerous weeds. Let's do that today.